More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we power through the Wednesday edition of the program. All right, um, we've been talking about DeSantis versus Trump. DeSantis finally returns fire against Trump. Um, And so many of you are weighing in. You can email the show. Uh, Certainly, we'll continue to take your calls. It is going to be, I believe, the story in the Republican primary of 2023. Now, maybe... There's going to be other candidates that rise up that we don't foresee. Maybe Glenn Youngkin's going to jump in. Maybe Nikki Haley's going to catch fire. Mike Pence, uh, Mike Pompeo, whoever, the Vivek Ramaswamy, whoever somebody is that might catch fire between now and when the voting starts in the primaries and the caucuses in Iowa and New Hampshire and beyond, we will continue to discuss all of that. It is going to be the number one story of all of 2023. Just buckle up. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns there. Part of the twists and turns are going to be what might occur in New York City as it pertains to Alvin Bragg um, and the potential charges that he is going to bring against Donald Trump. Now, this is significant. I spent, Buck, after our conversation yesterday with Andy McCarthy, which was really good, I went and I did a deep dive on the New York charges that could be brought against Trump. I read as much as I could. I want to make it clear. I am not an expert in New York state criminal law. Okay. So I'm not pretending that I am uh, an expert there. I'm uh, legally uh, licensed in two jurisdictions. New York is not one of them. Um, And I've not done criminal law in New York. But I have spent time doing criminal law. And I certainly studied campaign finance law pretty extensively back in the day. Um, And what I cannot get past, Buck, and this is going to be a little bit detailed, I would also tell you out there, uh, I would love to hear from lawyers who may be more experienced in analyzing this issue than I would be. Uh, If you have practiced campaign finance law and you uh, think that there needs to be more nuance to the argument that I'm going to put forward, I'd welcome it. Uh, 800-282-2882. Love to hear from you as well. 
But what I can't get past, Buck, in sort of the foundational element here of these charges is, and and this may be a little bit rudimentary for some of you, but I think for a lot of people out there, this is going to be an important discussion to understand. Campaign finance law, by and large, is designed to, to focus on federal elections, as we typically talk about it, right? Federal Election Commission. And what they are trying to do in New York is use effectively federal campaign laws to try to peg Donald Trump for a state law violation. And that is an unbelievable hurdle that I don't think they can get past legally. And what I mean by that is what Trump did, they investigated in the Southern District of New York to consider pursuing him for federal charges. And they said, ultimately, we don't like this case. And they walked away from it. This case has been out there circulating now for going on seven years, Buck. This initially arose in October of 2016. So I think there's probably a statute of limitations issue with that as well. That would be a very viable line of legal attack for Trump. But I don't see how they are going to maneuver a state law violation in a federal election. Because remember, Trump in 2016 is running for a federal office. If Trump had been running for governor of New York, okay. If Trump had been running for mayor of New York City, maybe they can make these accusations stick. I think what ultimately will end up happening, if these charges are brought, is, as you talked about yesterday, went all the way to the Supreme Court what happened to Virginia's governor. And they finally said, even though he had been convicted, this is not a legitimate method by which this case could have been tried. I think these charges, the fact that they were filed in the first place, are going to be tossed on appeal regardless of what Alvin Bragg ends up doing. Now, that doesn't change the political ramifications, but what is required here is such a novel and unprecedented legal theory that regardless of whether a jury believes that Trump is guilty, and they might just because a lot of people in New York City hate Trump, they have a very favorable forum. But if you actually look at these charges, I think they're going to be tossed out by judges. And remember, judges decide issues of law. Juries decide issues of fact. I think this is an issue of law. I don't believe that these charges are going to be upheld as a legal matter as the appellate process begins. Now, it might take years before we get a resolution, but in doing my deep dive, I I don't think there's any legitimate legal basis to bring these charges. have to look at the incentives, right? Charlie Munger, show me the incentive, I'll show you the result. What are the incentives at this point for Alvin Bragg as the DA of Manhattan to not bring versus to bring the charges in this case that could come any day now? I think we both agree, and... I really haven't heard anyone who disagrees that the incentives are overwhelmingly in favor of Bragg bringing the charges for him, for him as an individual and for the Democrat Party more broadly. And so that brings us then to uh, to what's really going on here, um, which is this is just the, the usage of the law as a as a political weapon. And Democrats really believe that you can tear you can tear down any institution in order to save it when it comes to Donald Trump. It doesn't matter what it is. They're all basically, I mean, I, I you saw, Clay, I tweeted out this morning 
there's a New York Times piece, and this is how they phrase it, okay? This is their their version of your legal analysis is yeah. the legal intricacies that could make or break the case against Trump. If the New York Times is coming up with a headline like that, anybody who understands what's really happening here can see this is bullcrap. This yeah. is obvious bullcrap. This is the worst kinds of politicization of prosecutors. And I say this to people all the time. You know, you can be you know worried about different federal agencies and the harassment you get from them. You can be worried about the politicization of the media and academia and all these places. Prosecutors have the most power to ruin your life the fastest with the least oversight. If prosecutors start to decide they're going to crush people because of politics, not the law, then we are on a very, very dangerous path as a society. I mean, you see this happening in other places. This is right up there with, you know, the intelligence agency that actually decides who the president is, which, as I say that out loud, feels kind of weird given what happened in 2016. But anyway, in terms of how quickly a society will go into dysfunction and decay, if you have prosecutors that are locking people up for being associated with the wrong ideas and trumped up, pardon the phrase, charges, we we have very little to be um, positive about for the future of all legal institutions in this country. So it's a it is a big deal that he would do this, right? It, it's not it's not a big deal for Trump. He's not going to spend the rest of his life in prison. When I, a big deal legally, I mean, obviously the political implications are huge. But the fact that we're even having this conversation, I mean, this is absurd. I mean, Bill yeah. Clinton lied under oath, as we all know. It was a federal crime, hundred percent, no question about it. But everyone kind of decided after a while, they're like, well, you know, we're not going to prosecute the former president, even if it's under the statute of limitations. Now, you could say that you disagree with that one way or the other, but there was something of a, that's what happened. I mean, you know. we, we already, st- so let me, let me talk big picture here. So I, I think that this on appeal will be taught, that this case will be tossed. And uh, whatever the result is, to the extent that it ever gets filed and that a jury determines whether Trump violated this law, whatever else, I believe that it will get tossed on appeal. But but doesn't 90 percent of the damage get done, Clay, if we even get to one jury convicting Trump on this one charge? Isn't doesn't Bragg win at that point? Does it matter? Bragg wins no matter what. And this is the challenge because Bragg's constituency is New York. And if he's the bad guy. Uh, meaning the badass, I should say, who finally charges Trump with a crime, he can write a check, right? He can be the next mayor of New York City. He can be the next uh, governor of the state of New York. He can be the next senator when uh, uh, when the, there's a decision made uh, for Chuck Schumer or somebody like that to step down. Like He becomes the baddest guy on the planet. He's the guy who walked up to the bully and knocked him down, right? For him, it's a total win. For the country, it's a disaster. And this is the this is the problem in general that I foresee. Buck, do you think we have the best and brightest representing us as Democrats or Republicans in political office right now? Definitely not. Right. And why is that? I was having a conversation with this with a friend recently, and he said his argument was and I think it's a good one. He said, you know, back in the day in like the 40s, 50s, whatever, the difference between being a CEO of a major company and making $40, $50 million a year or making $150,000 as a politician, it didn't exist. You didn't have that seismic gap between 
uh, what a top CEO could earn and what a top politician could earn. That, that, that dollar figure was not as substantial. So his argument was you got higher quality talent that moved into politics. A lot of people, probably a lot of you out there listening to us right now, a lot of people say, I'm not willing to get involved in politics because I'll get attacked and destroyed and it doesn't even pay that well. Meanwhile, I can run my own business. I can have a normal life. There are a lot of people out there who make that decision. To me, if Trump gets charged, what this does is send the message that you, if you decide to run for president, we're going to set the precedent that some DA somewhere is going to dive through everything that you've ever done in your life. And no matter how perfect you think you may have lived, if a DA decides to investigate you for years they're going to find something that they can charge you with. And this further devalues the talent level just say, of people who are interested in getting involved in politics. That's all true. The only difference here would be the presidency has been different up to this point. It's certainly true yeah. if you're running to be a Republican senator, governor. I sit here and talk all the time, Clay, about the number of witch hunt weaponized prosecutor cases against Republicans in the last 10 years that you can rattle off off the top of your head, right? You can talk about Chris Christie with Bridgegate. Oh, my gosh. They said it was a mass murder event on MSNBC. <laughs> Do you remember this? They claimed, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure if it was Maddow or it was one of the, was Lawrence O'Donnell, I think. It was one of them, that because there may have been ambulances delayed by Bridgegate, it could have been a multiple fatality event by by the traffic jam. I mean, that was a real argument they made. Okay. Bridgegate, Chris Christie, nothing came of it. Uh, Scott Walker in Wisconsin, John Doe investigations, nothing came of it. Uh, Governor Bob McDonald tried to throw him in prison for, for years yep. and years. Supreme Court had to, had to overturn it. Donald Trump, Russia collusion, obviously. Rick Perry in Texas, they were trying to bring, uh, they were trying to bring some federal, I mean, some, um, felony charge against him for interfering in a prosecutor's office because he didn't want some drunk prosecutor who had a DUI still running his office. You go down the list. There are all these Republicans that have had prosecutors weaponized. I can't, people probably shouting names. I, I talked about Ted Stevens earlier in the week. I can't even remember all of them. What is the equivalent of the other side, Clay? Who, who are the Democrat politicians who without cause, without basis, have been hounded by criminal investigations, efforts to throw them or their family members or close associates in prison for nothing? People might start saying, oh, well, the Clintons, the Clintons are crooks. Okay, we all know also it. The, the the Clintons never have legitimately faced any charges, right? So, I mean, they've been investigated uh, through the, the through. I just think, in addition to taking more and more talent off the field for politicians, it will become so commonplace. Same way impeachment. Remember back in the day, uh, if you're old enough to remember, like the fact that that they considered impeachment for Richard Nixon and everything else was such a transformative moment. I think it was the first time since Andrew Johnson had been impeached. And now I kind of feel like in the next decade, we'll probably have six or seven different impeachment trials before all is said and done. I mean, it's just and people yeah. right now are saying well, we should impeach Biden and you know how it's going to end. I feel like it's such a standardized political process. Now you have to presume that you're going to get charged with a crime if you run. I would just say that the maybe there's some historical perspective here that's also useful, which is. Even if you go back to the founding, it was rough, man. You know, we people talk about Madison and Jefferson and 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 Washington, and we think about these these figures who were geniuses at the construction of government. And 
they they were just tattling on each other to various newspapers and oh he's a monarchist and oh he's having an affair and oh he's misusing funds all the time yes all the time there was so much i mean aaron Burr killed alexander him. hamilton as yeah. bad as you think things are now like he literally killed him yes I mean, as I, as I said before the show, I think a month or two ago, James Monroe stepped in to stop a duel with Hamilton, and later Ham or was with Aaron Burr. Now I'm forgetting, and then later Aaron Burr ended up shooting Alexander Hamilton. So these guys actually shot each other. These are the founding fathers. Like things were getting crazy then too. So as much as we like to think that we're in this period of oh, politics are more polarizing. I mean, to call somebody after the Revolutionary War to call somebody a monarchist was effectively to call them a traitor. And this yes. was what they were, the Federalists, the Anti-Federalists, federalists. anyway. I'm just thinking about it right now. It's it's just amazing. We all think, oh, they just sat around with their quill pens and wrote the Constitution. They were trying to stab each other in the eyes with their quill pens. They were having a lot of fights behind the scenes. All right, switching gears here, folks. Really important word from our sponsor here, Tunnel to Towers. Tunnel to Towers does amazing work. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. The foundation honors fallen and severely injured heroes and their families with mortgage-free smart homes. Uh, this year alone, hundreds of Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and our nation's most catastrophically injured veterans and first responders are receiving homes. More than 500 homeless veterans received housing and services last year, and more than 1,500 are receiving housing and services this year. This coming Memorial Day, all of the brave men and women lost since 9-11 in the War on Terror are having their names read aloud in a Tunnel to Tower ceremony in our nation's capital. Through the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute, the foundation is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Please help America to never forget its greatest heroes. Join both of us in donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. The supply chain of smarts, sanity, and truth. Uninterrupted. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Phone lines open, 800-282-2882. And also, I know I just, I had like 15 seconds I was talking about it, but since I was discussing, Clay, the uh, the founders and the kind of the kind of beef the founders would have with each other, everyone knows about Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton, uh, well, just because of history, but also the play and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was James Monroe and Hamilton were going to have a duel, and Monroe called upon his buddy Aaron Burr, and Aaron as to be the second, and Aaron Burr stepped in, and in the negotiations was like, maybe you guys don't really need to shoot each other over this. And then years later, he shot Hamilton himself. That is how that went down. So, uh, yeah, quite a, quite a situation of history. But, um, we'll, uh, we'll continue to look very closely here at, at, uh, the legal uh, ramifications and political ramifications, really, of what could end up happening with this Trump indictment. Although it's not coming down today, right, Clay? It's it's it, that's not happening, and it might happen tomorrow, but probably not. That's where we are. Yeah, they canceled the grand jury reportedly today, so there's not going to be any indictment that comes down today. Maybe tomorrow. If not, it could run into next week. And the longer this drags on the more you wonder, is there political pressure now coming down, not only on Alvin Bragg from the Republican side, but are Democrats looking at some of the data and analysis of the legal uh, perspective here and saying, we can't bring these charges. This is not legit. This is not throwing our best punch at Trump. I think it's worth contemplating whether that could happen. One of the best things you can do for your families to fortify your home with a supply of emergency food. I've done it in the Travis household Every member of our family, all three boys, my wife, me, we've got our own My Patriot Supply kit that will handle us 2,000 calories a day, all arranged to make sure we have food insurance. You can get hooked up at MyPatriotSupply.com. Three-month emergency food kit, because right now you'll save 200 bucks per kit. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks, providing over 2,000 calories a day. For optimum strength and energy, you can act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll get free shipping as well. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I wanted to update all of you on the fact that the grand jury is reportedly, this is from lots of different places, not going to be occurring today. Uh, that is the Trump grand jury in New York City. Um, and maybe, maybe one of the reasons is because Robert Costello testified in front of the grand jury and basically called out Michael Cohen uh, in a big way as a liar. And Michael Cohen, the former Trump lawyer, would be a star witness in any criminal charge that was brought in New York City. Now, as I said to start off the hour, 
I don't think that these charges would be allowed to stand from a legal perspective. That would the, the appellate judge would strike down these charges. Uh, the Supreme Court eventually might. We'll see whether there are any charges brought. But if there is a pause right now in the grand jury, uh, I want to play a couple of cuts just to kind of contextualize this for you. Alan Dershowitz, who we had on the show, and I got to give credit to Alan Dershowitz. He has been a man of principle uh, as it pertains to the Trump era, even though he is not a Trump supporter. He says that the uh, Robert Costello testimony might have been a game changer causing this delay. Listen, I think that Bob Costello has changed this case dramatically. I think that Bragno now only has two possible results from that. Number one, he can say, all right, I'm going to try to make the case without Cohen. He cannot use Cohen as a witness anymore. That would be unethical because of the testimony that uh, Costello gave. Or he could say, look, I have to drop the case. He may not be able to make it without Cohen. But if he can't make it without Cohen, he can't make it. So I think that Bob Costello, it's a game changer. I think maybe that's the reason for the delay here. Okay, and if you're wondering, okay, who is Bob Costello? What did he say? Here is Bob Costello telling uh, telling the audience, Michael Cohen told me Trump had no knowledge of hush money. Now, this is hearsay. But inside of grand jury proceedings, typical rules of hearsay do not apply. Listen. He said he did this on his own. He didn't mention Donald Trump's name. He said there was a problem. Stormy Daniels' lawyer or representative got in touch with him. He worked out a negotiated deal, got an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, 130000 I asked him. I said, is that Donald Trump's money? No. Uh, did you get that from any Trump organization? No. Is that your money? Did you take it out of one of your accounts? No. I said, where did you get the money from? He said, I took out a HELOC loan. I said, why would you do that? He said, because I wanted everything to be secret. I didn't want my own wife to know about this. I didn't want Melania to know about this. I mean, again, a grand jury, for those of you out there, and my understanding in New York, just requires a majority to say, yes, we believe charges should be brought. I believe, Buck, there are 23 New Yorkers that are sitting on this grand jury right now, which would mean 12 of them would need to say, you could 12 to 11, that you need 12 of them to say, yes, we believe charges should be brought. And remember, in a grand jury proceeding, typically... There's no defense, right? It's a one-sided proceeding where the prosecution basically gets to make their case and the grand juries typically nod along and say, okay, we've seen enough. There can be charges that are brought. The fact that they're not meeting today, Buck, is really interesting to me in the wake of the Costello hearing, but also is there something floating around out there about Alvin Bragg where now there's being pressure brought on him. I just, there's a lot of drama here. This is the latest. If Bragg doesn't bring these, he ends up looking like a, like a total buffoon, right? I mean, yes. if he doesn't do this, he looks absurd. Um, so there's that. And then there's also this part of me that can't get over it. It's funny. You're doing the legal analysis of it and, and, you know, what the payments were and everything. It's like the whole country, at least everyone is paying attention to the news that, you know, is being put out there by various corporations, et cetera. But those of us who are, who are living in this news cycle, 
It's like we're sitting here arguing over, you know, who bought who a ham sandwich six years ago. Like, this is crazy. This whole thing is absurd. There is, and I, I've, you know, I, I don't know if there's even, you know, it always sounds cooler, Clay. You know this. You went to law school. Always sounds cooler if there's something in Latin you can say. You know what I mean? Then, then you sound much more serious. But there's a basic doctrine of that that you shouldn't waste the court or or the prosecutor shouldn't waste their time on things that don't matter, right? Yeah. If if no one's hurt and nothing bad happened and no one tried to make anything bad happen that's illegal, you know, what are you doing here? This that's why the absurdity of this is not only is it a a victimless crime and and you you have to stretch yourself into what is the what is the thing that the city of New York is is that you wanted to hide that you were paying off a woman that alleged you had sex with her because you didn't want your wife to know and then you're pretending that that's a business transaction and that you didn't list that business transaction like this is so stupid, actually. It is so absurd. The fact that otherwise supposedly serious and powerful, I mean, the district attorney can, if you live in New York City, and by the way, for anybody who's going to go protest, this is what, just to clarify this thing, too, we've never said don't protest any of this stuff. We're protesting the charges against Trump right now, verbally. We are protesting. We're saying this is crazy. We just don't want anyone to think, oh, if I go, like, smash a window at the NYPD, you know, I'm going to change some minds well, about yeah, this what thing. What I don't want people to do is I donated my own money to those people who are in prison for January 6th. The example that I gave yesterday is you go down outside of the New York City courthouse and some idiot from Antifa is next to you and they, 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 you know, it's like a a WWF match. You know, you never catch the first guy. They they decide they're going to throw a punch at you. You throw a punch back. Who's going to get charged? You know, this this actually happened, Clay, in, in some way. There were, uh, I don't remember all, and people are going to, you know, I, I, we're doing live radio, and so I can't remember all the names and specifics, but it was outside of an event in New York where there was a conservative speaker. I think maybe this was, I don't know, this during the Trump administration, and Antifa showed up, and there were some Proud Boys who were also at the event, and there was a, there was a scuffle outside. There was some, you know, a, a fists were exchanged, and I believe one of the Proud Boys ended up getting... A few years in prison at Rikers Island. Now, do you think anyone, any of the Antifa guys got even arrested? No. Yeah. Is it a surprise to anybody? No. That's what we're trying to, you know, if you go into the Democrat lion's den and think you're going to, you know, get away with not even shenanigans, defending yourself. You know, there's that video. We haven't talked about it yet on the show. And it's tough because... You have to see the video to understand. You saw this, right? On the subway, it's gone mega viral in the last few days. You have to see the video to really understand how verbally abusive and outrageous it was. It's a, it's a black guy shouting at a, it look, I believe it's a foreign, people are saying, I mean, based on the comments, a foreign couple, they're Spanish. They're shouting at the kid and like saying really horrible and racist things. You've seen the video, right? You know what I'm talking about? Have you not seen I haven't video? seen it. I have not oh, seen man. this video. Oh, it's gone mega, mega viral. I mean, we can't play it on air because every second word is, it's just beep, beep, beep. I mean, it's, it's just all curses and, you know, racial, racial hatred from this, this black individual to the Spanish couple with their small child, by the way. The kid's like five years old. It's gotten a lot of play on social media the last couple of days. And the overwhelming commentary around this, and this is why I'm tying this in, Clay, is, because people are saying he should have stood up and taken a, you know, the dad and you, you know, you're a dad. I'm hoping to be a dad soon. 
you know, you get this, right? You die for your kids. You don't even defend your kids. People are saying, why didn't he stand up and take a swing at this guy? Well, do you think that Alvin Bragg, do you think yeah. that the Democrat district attorney in New York would say, you know what? You're not allowed to yell racial slurs at a five-year-old uh, you know, Hispanic kid in front of his mom and dad and not expect something bad. happen. No, no. We all know how it would play out. And this was the whole conversation. I'll send you this so you can see it. I don't know if it's really, it's really hateful and, and, uh, and very, it's tough to watch. I'll be honest. It's, it's tough to watch, but it's been watched a lot in the last few days all over the internet. And it's just interesting to me because the whole conversation is self defense in certain circumstances in New York will be treated as illegal and that's yeah. what that's what everybody's talking about so that's what i mean by you know you think you can go and protest and if you get into a scrap with antifa or something something happens you're going to get a fair shake you're we're, we're going to be raising money for you here is what's going to pay you're going to be in prison that's unfortunate and that's what we're trying to hit on uh as this trump grand jury process plays itself out although it is intriguing that they're not meeting today because it makes you wonder what else might be out there uh, that that is causing this situation to potentially be paused. Uh, we, we'll take some of your calls when we come back. 800-282-2882. We'll link the story at Clay and Buck so yeah. people can see what I'm talking about, and you'll check it out too. But it's yeah, been, I'll well, watch it's it at the, end of this, at the end of this hour. I have not seen that yet. Of course, I just got back from Italy yesterday, so I haven't necessarily been plugged into everything. Uh, when's the last time, by the way, you took a look at how our public school systems are operating? No shortage of issues, serious issues, in fact aren't getting enough attention. Impact on our students is substantial while there are some excellent schools and teachers. Unfortunately, they're now in the minority. It's been a focus at Hillsdale College, so much so their president, Dr. Larry Arn, wrote an informative essay on the topic. He identifies problems, offers some rather brilliant solutions. You can read his words in a recent issue of Imprimus, the monthly publication Hillsdale publishes and sends to more than 6 million households. Hillsdale is giving out multiple copies of this special Imprimus edition so you can share it with others to raise awareness on a problem that needs addressing. Education as a Battleground is the name of the essay, and it explains why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our kids are learning. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. That's clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Act now. Join the battle over education for our country's future. Want more Clay and Buck that you didn't hear on the show? Get podcast extras in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay and Bach. We have so many calls. We're going to get to them in just a moment. Letting you know in the third hour of the program, going to uh, discuss. I might actually bring us back and talk a bit about life in some big cities like New York and this video that we will have up uh, in just a few minutes at clayandbuck.com so you can see it yourself. Clay just watched it. It has gone super viral. Daily Mail covering it. You know, New York Post. I mean, people are all over this. And this happens much more regularly in New York City than um, a lot of a lot of people, I think, outside the city would realize where just unhinged and vile verbal abuse and threats from people on the subway or on the street. And, you know, what what you can do or what you should do about it. Uh, I think it's an interesting discussion. I think, unfortunately, it shows that uh, people's day to day lives are are just yeah problematic as a result of this whether you're coming in on the subway whatever it may be um so i want to talk about that we also will follow up on you know where we are with indictment watch on trump and some fauci clips is it a crazy idea that they i really would want to know if they push this back a little bit because the clips for fauci i mean clay they look so bad i mean fauci's basically yeah you get the shot and you'll never get the virus and you won't feel a thing just not true at all. Yeah. Not even a little bit true. I mean, crazy stuff that Fauci was telling people. And he it's funny because got... those people are like, I don't trust you. And he's like, I am science. <laughs> also, this was supposed to make him look good. And basically, they now have all the receipts to prove how much lying he's been doing. I don't know if it just took so long for this documentary to be put together. But it makes me wonder what they left on the cutting room floor as well. So many people, by the way, still wanting to weigh in on a variety of topics. Let's hit some of them, Buck. Let's go first. Uh, Sarah in uh, Texas. What you got for us, Sarah? Hey, um, I just want to weigh in on the name calling of um, DeSantis. I don't have nothing against DeSantis, but I'm a diehard Trumpster. Yep. And, Tell us uh, why. Well, he gets things done that he promises with one hand tied behind his back, like Rush would always say. And I love the way he scares the hell out of the Democrats. And uh, as far as his affairs, it's nobody's business. It's between him and God. 
I, okay. look, I, I get it. I mean, I'm, I think most people in the American electorate are so craving competence that they don't presume that the most competent person is also going to be perfect in their private life, right? Ideally, you have a saint, uh, but we had a saint and we crucified him. So I, I don't really know that uh, that there's anybody out there in a modern era who is going to stand up to everything being perfect, right? I, I just don't. I, and I think the expectations of perfection are out the window. But I do right. think of all the things Trump could be attacking DeSantis on, calling him a groomer is like it, it doesn't land right yeah. that that attack it, it's, 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 that, there, there are some attacks that just that just come across as as flailing and, and pathetic um and and i would just on the get things done one hand behind his back uh line that uh sarah used i think it's very interesting there are obviously places you could point to where trump did get things done and we've you've talked about it i've talked about it for for years you could say a lot of very good things you know what else is going to be is going to be a part of this conversation where is that wall we were promised? What happened to that wall? 30 yeah. miles of wall is not a wall, folks. I know a lot about the border. I've spent a lot of time down there, and I talk to people who work for Border Patrol, and I've got contacts that there isn't a wall. Now, is there going to be a wall? Now, I'm just saying, imagine you're Trump. You're on stage with Ron DeSantis. Trump is going to say, we built the wall, because we know Trump. He's going to say, we built it. And by that, Trump means, in his Trumpian way, you know, we built some of it. We tried. They, you know, the the Democrats stood in the way. They they were legal. You know, so he's going to say we built some wall. But I think Ron DeSantis is going to come back and say, was it? Were we told that it was going to be like thirty miles of wall, and then the Democrats were going to fight and play be mean? No, we all remember the chance. So with the getting stuff done, that's going to be a fight too. That's going to be part of what is. Um, uh, what is at the heart, I think, of this back and forth with Trump and DeSantis? We got Jackie in Kentucky next. Jacqueline, Jacqueline in yeah. Kentucky. What's going yeah. on, Jacqueline? Yes. Um, Trump is an insider now. He was in the belly of the beast. He's been in the wheel room with the swamp. He knows how they function. And um, he also had dealings with the swamp that never made the news, that a lot of um, other um, candidates might not you know, realize that. And they'll come after the spouse, even if the spouse is battling cancer, you know, um, and we need an insider who recognizes what's going on. And uh, an insider of the machine knows how to dismantle or fix the machine. So who is that for you? That would be Trump. Okay. Yeah. So look, thank you for the call. We're going to close out the hour here. We'll continue to take some of your calls in the third hour of the program. Continue to update you as well on the latest on Indictment Watch. It appears today is not going to be the indictment day. Tomorrow is a theory, another grand jury day. If it doesn't get done this week, then I think it gets a little bit more intriguing as it moves into the weekend. Then we start to think about think what behind-the-scenes machinations could be going on. You don't think this is going to like be a thing that just keeps getting stretched out, right? I mean... Uh, well, I wonder, Buck, whether like the Georgia DA is going to suddenly jump in front and take away the Bragg's shine, right? What if she suddenly came in and charged yeah. Trump first? First mover advantage for the, the deep state is a real thing here, so we'll have to see. It's going to be fascinating to play all this out. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us Wednesday edition. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 